Welcome back to the Psalm Song Podcast. I'm Drew Wesselhoff, and I'm here with a friend. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Tram Ann Kai. I am a graduate in chemical and biological engineering. Congrats on graduating. Thank you. It was hard. (laughs) (laughs) We walk the line between sacred and secular. Through lyric and rhyme, we discuss what we find in between the lines to rediscover the life that was there the whole time. We are continuing our discussion of John Bellion because he's so good that he deserves not one, but two episodes. So, like I said in the first episode, I'm going to try to keep my fangirling to a minimum, but (laughs) some of it will probably come out. So, Tram. Yes. Are you ready for the hardest question that I'll ask you today? Yes, I guess so. Kind of. (laughs) What's your favorite song? Okay, and I have a sub-question to that. Is it... A current song or of all time? Preferably all time, but if that's too hard, then mm, okay. current. Well, I think of all time, it'd have to be Youth by Daughter. Mm. And the version that's on their Wild Youth EP, because it kind of changes if you um, listen to their other album. But yeah, that's my favorite song. It's just amazing. Shadow Sato on the place that you left Our minds are troubled by the emptiness So why is it your favorite song? Well, I think I found it in high school. Um, and I don't know. At that time, I was like a broody, moody child. And <laughs> I feel like this song just encapsulated everything I was feeling at the time. Mm. Um and, you know, the, the song actually, in my opinion, kind of evolves over time, and it it just gets more meaning the older you grow up. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's the one song on my playlist that I'll never skip. I have to listen to it. Is there a favorite lyric from youth? Uh, I think it would be, we are the reckless, we are the wild youth. Mm. Uh, that is the only phrase that I've ever considered tech chewing on my body. We are the reckless, we are the wild youth Chasing visions of our futures Yeah, there's something to be said about sad music and why we listen to sad music. Because yeah. right? that song is probably one of the most depressing songs yeah, I've heard in a It's very melancholic. Melancholic, yeah. yeah. It's a good one. But say, I... Sometimes I'll be in moods, and I have this whole playlist dedicated to moody music. It's just, like, almost all daughter. (laughs) So why do you think we listen to sad music when we're sad and not happy music to lift us up when we're sad? Mm, I don't know. I think think maybe we're looking for a theme song for the moment, and Mm. you can't listen to... I don't know, wham, <laughs> or anything like that. You, you've got to, you've got to be in the mood. And I think sometimes you just need to be sad, mm. and I, that's okay. You have to feel the feelings that you need yeah, to feel. You gotta but, feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say that it's cathartic, almost, to yeah, I'd agree. Listen to sad music when you're sad because it allows you to feel those feelings, right? And I'll also say, I don't only listen to sad music when I'm sad. I mean, I'll be perfectly sure, happy, yeah. and I'll be like, oh yeah, I can listen to some Daughter or some Skinny Love right now. Mm. But, you know, Moody Tram has passed, and I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm alright. 
I've grown up. Sadly. <laughs> I think it's part of growing up, though, is realizing that you won't be young forever, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's the the beauty of that youth song, too, right? Yeah, definitely. All right, well, thanks for sharing that. That's yeah. really awesome. Are you ready to jump into our quote-unquote real discussion? Yes. With yes, I am. Mr. John Bellion? John Bellion, the man of the hour. The man of the hour, and every day around here. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'll try not to idolize him that much, but <laughs> so first question: Why do you love John Bellion? I think there's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. why. I think the first would just be the type of music he produces. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily all the same genre. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it changes quite a bit. So I like the diversity that John Bellion has um secondly i would say that his concert was the first concert that me and my really good friend Allie went to together and so she showed me his song woodstock and she's like it's a little different something different that we don't usually listen to and and it is Mm -hmm. it's quite different anyways he he was performing, um, I think, within like a month of when we found out about him. And it's like, let's go. So we were spontaneous and we went. And it was amazing. This is also when we learned that, oh, together we could just dance. <laughs> you, you know how sometimes you go to a concert with another person and it's just like, oh, you got to sway in a cool manner. But her and I, we just like went all out. And it was a dance party. Mm-hmm. So That's really cool. Yeah. No. He's an amazing performer. He definitely is. Yeah. yeah. And seeing him, what, three? I, I don't know what I've your seen number him is now. Six, I think, is six. my number. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, I think, I think I'm at three or four. Okay. Which is still admirable. Yeah, because it's funny. I was at, actually at that show. That yeah. We talking about. Yeah, I remember us talking about it on a night hike or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like, you were at that show. And then we started listing all these other concerts that we've been to together. But not knowing. Right, we do have yeah. very similar tastes in music, don't yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there is something to say about how you can't really put John into a, a genre box. Yeah. And when you do, it kind of undermines some of the music that he makes and yeah. devalues it. Yeah. Definitely. So would you say that memory with your best friend is the favorite memory of uh, seeing a John Billion concert? Or is there another one? Yeah, well, I, I think... Every time I've seen John Bellion, it's been special because it's been with different people. So mm-hmm. I remember first concert, that was with Allie. Second concert, I think it was with Will, and then we saw you there. That's right, yeah. Yeah, with one of your friends, and I thought that was pretty cool. And then third concert, we took a road trip to Kansas. Yes, we did. And I don't, I don't know who goes to Kansas and for what, but we did it just for this concert. And don't get me wrong, it was an amazing lineup because it had, it was, who was headlighting? 21 Pilots. 21 Pilots, yeah. And then Judah and the Lion. Yep. I don't know. I think each experience was just special in its own way. Mm. Yeah. It's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah. So. So, speaking of that show that you randomly saw me at, Mm -hmm. um, that would be my favorite memory of 
uh, favorite concert memory from mm. John Bellion. Really? Oh, yeah. Do you remember when he did maybe IDK with just his voice? He was the only guy Yes. And there's something just incredible about the way he's... So he's looping just his voice mm-hmm. um, over itself and beatboxing. And uh, Do you actually want to listen to it right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still gives me goosebumps. <laughs> He's just so dang talented. Everybody else with their human voice singing along, right? just something about the human voice and just the human voice that um, kind of transcended the the song I guess is something that we all have right and some it's, more well endowed than others well right but i mean singing voice and speaking voice are that's true different things but i mean there's this guy julian treasure who is his profession is to research sound and he did this ted talk about uh the human voice and how how to speak uh so much so that you you actually listen to And he has this quote. The human voice. It's the instrument we all play. It's the most powerful sound in the world, probably. It's the only one that can start a war or say, I love you. And yet many people have the experience that when they speak, people don't listen to them. So what do you think of of that quote? And like, has there ever been a time where you have spoken and you don't feel listened to? Well, I, I think everyone has had that feeling at one point or another definitely yeah. um i mean it 
it happens on such a regular basis, you know, you'll be talking and telling a story and it's like, oh, people are now talking to other people. Mm-hmm. So you'll just like die down and then it's like, okay, I'll just join their conversation, that social, you know, anxiety aspect. But yeah. I mean, more prominently, I would say that, yeah, I, I think when you're younger, you sometimes feel that it's like, oh, I'm telling my parents this, but they're not listening. I'm telling my sisters this, but they're not listening. But, you know, in the end, they are. Don't worry. They are. Just they're listening to the important parts. Mm -hmm. Not everything is necessarily important. That's a good way of thinking about it, yeah. Yeah. And there's the other side of it, too, where someone will be telling you something and you, you know, you zone out or... Oh, uh, yeah, I do that so often. Scrolling through Facebook on your phone or anything, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry to my sister, because I do that to her all the time. But it's okay, it's a... I don't know, she does it too. Mm-hmm. So, I think when you're comfortable around people, it happens a little more often than it should, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But, yeah, it is a bummer when, oh, we're having a nice lunch, and then it's like, uh they're looking at their phone while you're talking about a story or how your yeah, day went. Is. So it's... The people you're more comfortable with, it happens more often. I think so. I think I agree, but I've never thought of that. That's interesting. Because I'm on my best behavior when I'm around. Oh, I I don't see you every so often. It's like, "Ah, I got to make this special. But (laughs) when I'm with my sisters, it's like, oh, hold on. Let me me check. Someone just texted me. Let me see if this is important. Which is... Honestly, now that I'm saying it out loud and thinking about it, it's kind of sad because they're sure. the people that mean the most to me. So it's honestly kind of superficial. That's really so interesting. Something huh. I should probably change. But I mean, you, c- you could look at it from an optimistic point of view, too, that you are so comfortable with each other that every moment doesn't have to have um, a conversation in it. That's true. I mean, I... Uh, Maybe you can think about it in, you know, car rides. You know mm. how when you're in a car with someone you've known for maybe a couple weeks, and it's like, oh, we have to talk the whole time. Sure. Otherwise, it's freaking awkward. Yeah, yeah. But if you're driving with your sister or your parents, it's like, silence is fine. Let's just stare out the window and enjoy the ride. So you've been in the car longer with your family members or the people you're most comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. That's a good analogy. I like that. Thanks. So how do you think we can learn to listen to each other better if you're not super comfortable with them? Or even if you are, you know? Mm. I think you made a good point about the social media, Facebook, that Mm. aspect. I think part of me is like, I'm too glued to my phone. And I think everyone is to a point, but it's just kind of where our culture is going and it seems like an unstoppable force and it's not necessarily that we should stop it i think it's what the future is but Mm -hmm. how do we pay more attention i don't know it's a good question i don't expect you to have a good answer i don't know if i have a good answer i don't know try harder (laughs) that's all i can say i like it try harder so let me ask you this question right now as i look away from you (laughs) i'm still looking away from you do you know what the color of my eyes are? Mm. No, no peeking. No, but can I, I'll make a guess. Sure, make a guess. Uh, okay, maybe I don't want to make a guess. It's fine. Are they brown? 
They're not brown. Are they blue? <laughs> they are blue, yeah. Okay, in my defense, you have squinty eyes. I do have very <laughs> squinty eyes, yeah. yeah. What color are my eyes? But this is, I'm Asian. It's easy. Brown? Yeah, yeah. they're brown. So there's this quote um, from a Jewish philosopher, Emmanuel Levinas. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> um, and he says, if we see the color of someone's eyes, then we're not relating to them. Um, what do you think so, of that? Well, it makes me feel better, but <laughs> I don't... Think about... Huh. Uh, your your best friend, Allie. What are, what's the color of her eyes? Blue. Blue, okay. But I think it's because we've known each other for... Eh, right. It's a lot of different combinations of things, but... Oh, wow. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about it in that way, but I think you could definitely say that for... A lot of people <laughs> in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, that's actually pretty cool. I like that's it. That's interesting because it goes back to the point you made about being comfortable with someone, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I guess I'd rather someone know something more personal about mm-hmm. me than know my eye color. Mm-hmm. And so. I think that's, I think that's what this uh, Emmanuel Levin yeah, guy definitely. is getting at. It's like, if you're truly listening to someone... And having a meaningful conversation, it can sort of transport you away from the physical, right? Yeah. From the here and now into a space where you're thinking about, you know, the ideas that you're talking about more mm-hmm. so than the room that you're in or the things around you, you know, so. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, back to John Bellion. Yes. I promise I'll wrap what color it up. are his eyes? <laughs> sort of. Uh, I don't know that either, actually. Um, my guess is brown. I think he's it's brown. Yeah. I don't know. Does that help? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what's your favorite John Bellion song? Goodness. I think I'd have to say. Oh. Or ooh. I, I don't exactly know how to. But O O H. I think it's ooh. Isn't that what he says in the song? I don't know. He sings it, so it's hard. Yeah. This is a really good mm. song. I mean, you can't choose a wrong favorite John Bellion song. I have a list of other songs, though, but I think this tops it. Your lips, they taste like June. Your eyes are a rocket to the moon. Those legs gon' put me in the zoom. Praise God when you hit me with the ooh. <laughs> hit me with the ooh. Praise God when you hit me with the ooh. Praise God, praise God, yo. Praise God when you hit me with the ooh. It could be both. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> huh. Those legs gon' put me in the zoom. Praise God when you hit me with the ooh. What do you think that means? Oh, ooh. Hit me with the ooh. I don't. Oh, I think it was like a pause. Hit me with a boom. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Hit me with a boom. Does it in that song? They're perfectly placed pauses mm. like that in. So my favorite John Bellion song. Is this song called Ungrateful Eyes? Are you familiar with it? No. Oh, really? I don't think so. Yeah. 
that scream there again, the human voice. I made a hundred grand this year. Clap, 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 and what he's talking about there is he had just sold the lyrics for um, was it Monster? Yeah, Monster. Okay, I can see why this is your favorite song. I don't think I've ever heard this. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. But it also goes to say that so many people have different favorite songs of John Dunn. Right, right. that i made a hundred grand this year the chorus so it goes all we want to know is where the stars came from oh yeah but do we ever stop to watch them shine or are we staring with ungrateful eyes probably yeah i'm probably staring with ungrateful (laughs) eyes to be honest i think yeah i think that's it's it can be a very convicting song yeah Um, condemning too yeah i would say well i mean how often do i am i outside at night Night hikes. I think that's when you honestly understand the meaning of, oh, Mm. we're outside in nature, appreciate the stars. But yeah, I think for the most part, being even being in Colorado where there's not as much light pollution as in any other state, I don't think we appreciate it as often as we should. Mm -hmm. We take it for granted. Yeah. And and I think if you look at it from a perspective of, you know, what this podcast is, is being in between the sacred and the secular, if you were to interpret that as like a you know religious sentiment, is like these are the answers for the big questions. A lot of times you should just enjoy the life as this divine thing that it is, you know? Yeah. We're getting deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so now to like tie our two conversations together, mm-hmm. what do you think listening to people has to do with having grateful eyes and not being able to see their eyes when you are relating to them. I mean, maybe a lot of what we've said already, but it's just focusing on their words, on their personality. Hmm. It's not being superficial. It's trying to understand the person rather than the body, Hmm. the mind rather than the body, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. It makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe get down to the the soul of a person, right? Yeah, yeah, because that's it. That's how I guess that TED talk ties in. That's how powerful right. our voices is. We're relaying who we are. And I'm trying to think if there are other forms of that, and I think there definitely are, like dance, for example. For sure, yeah. There are different forms of expressing who we are, but I guess this is the simple and purest. What do you mean by that? I mean. I think it's through how easy we can find conversation Mm. and how often we do speak or talk rather than, I don't know, I don't find myself dancing all the time. Mm. I sometimes, maybe through writing, I think for different people, different forms are going to be more prominent than others. Definitely. And so maybe you write down who you are. Mm -hmm. Maybe you dance, play music. That's how you try to 
express the deepest part of you. Mm. But for those who don't have those specific skills, I think just having a simple conversation, maybe that, maybe that's the simplest and purest form of how they show the world who they are. Are you familiar with Rob Bell? Mm-mm. He's a former pastor and now, you know, travels and speaks and stuff now, but uh, he has this quote from Love Wins where he says, discussion is divine. Mm. That's interesting. And I think, again, just the conversation and being in a, a podcast format, I think that's why I'm, I'm drawn to it. Is yeah. It is, for me, the, the audio and just the human voice is mm. the expression, deepest expression of me that you were saying, yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing I'm now realizing, because I'm now just realizing how John Bellion was there throughout it all, but freshman year, I was very much agnostic, but it's like I didn't have any concept of what religion or what God actually meant, Mm. and uh, just now realizing all of this kind of ties in, in a way, but yeah, and that's, I would say, a year ago, that's when I... Um, became a Christian. Wow. Which, yeah, was pretty, <laughs> pretty recent. But I don't know. I I think definitely one of the conversations I remember was on that night hike and with you. Hmm. We were talking about the concert that we both went to, but we didn't know each other. Like we went to that, and then I started talking, and then you started talking about God. I'm like, yeah, I remember John Bellion saying, first is God." And that was, that's, that's something that stood out to me. Mm. And it's just at that point, recognizing that, oh, there's something greater. Um, thanks for sharing that. I know Yeah. that's kind of personal, but. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not as personal anymore. Like, I think it was kind of, sec- it wasn't a secret, but there was no way to really bring it up in NAVS because we, we sure. met in yeah. the Navigators and, um. I don't know. It's a, it's a Christian club, so you don't ex- exactly expect anybody other than Christians to be in it. Sure. But you know, to be honest, it was a great experience learning about Christ and who He is, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I needed at the time. I didn't know who He was, mm. so really opened my eyes. That's <laughs> interesting. Thinking about my looking back at my freshman year and where I'm at now is. I was very Christian my freshman year. Um, I like sought out a you know a Christian club, and mm-hmm. I ended up you know in the Navigators. Um, and you know, four years later, I'm I'm probably I probably would say I'm more not agnostic, but I don't know what spiritual? I am spiritual. <laughs> yeah, it's the cliche. Yeah, bolder, spiritual, not yeah. religious. You know. Yeah. Um, Which you know, I totally get. Yeah, I I been there most of my life it's and a part of me is still there because there are answers that i don't have and i'll never get so sure and there's a there's a piece with that right yeah yeah Yeah. i wouldn't say i ever lost my faith but it's it's changed a lot and i i think it's supposed to it's it changes to who we are i mean I know my faith's mm. still changing for sure, but mm. I think it's also funny that we're like putting it on a spectrum. Oh, I was very Christian. Sure, yeah. Rather than like, is it's, it it's a, sacred or the secular? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 
And when, you know, when yeah. two sides can meet in the middle, mm-hmm. something divine happens, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm very understanding of both sides because I've sure. been there. Yeah. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it was a weird decision. <laughs> it felt like a decision. You know, it didn't. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it didn't feel like something happened to me it felt like a decision that i made i don't know if that's wrong or right but that's the beauty of religion and faith <laughs> yeah yeah i like that do you know donald miller i'm throwing quotes at you i'm sorry one year old christian right here okay you should i think i have a copy i'm gonna give you my copy of blue like jazz because okay. it's a phenomenal book um because it's so he the tagline for the book is um non-religious thoughts on Christian spirituality. And so he has this quote from one of the chapters in there and he says, following Jesus is just as much like falling in love as it is making a decision. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right that it is a decision that you make, but you know, you've walked this three-year road to get there, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, you've kind of given it the time to fall in love with in order to make that decision, right? Yeah. And I think for me, it was all about figuring out that I didn't really have to agree with everything. Mm. Christ met me where I was. And that was the big breakthrough that I had. When you think about it, like, what's the color of Jesus's eyes, right? Oh, dude, I do not know. Right. I mean, it's like asking me what's the color of the Holy Spirit. What does my Holy exactly. Spirit look yeah. like? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's empowering. <laughs> I have no clue what the color of Jesus's eyes are. And yet you still are going to have this relationship with him. Yeah. You know, so. Wow. You made that full circle. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. But you know, the crazy part is now I think I'm going to look at people's eye color and memorize <laughs> it. I'm going to pay more that's attention awesome. to that. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing now. <laughs> it's just what's going to happen. I love it. That's good. Now that I know that quote, I'm like, I'm going to be superficial. I'm going to know your eye color. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. Hmm. Thanks for conversing with yeah, me. Yeah, Thank you for inviting me. Of again. course. Well, cool. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, and so for the listener out there, I just challenge you to to listen to John Bellion and see what um, his music does for you. Because for both of us, he's remained a constant and has um, given us some really good insight onto how to experience the divine, how to see the world with grateful eyes, right? Definitely with ungrateful eyes. Grace and peace. Everybody pretends, especially in like music, is like 
you get to a certain point or you get to a certain level and you don't you don't care about what people say or I have so much money that I'm happy but I've had like personal conversations with tons of artists that are like it's never enough like I'm not happy I thought all this money would change my life and the tours and the women and the this and the that would, would really and I feel the same way it was like once once I get this once I get this pub deal like once once I do this or once I get this much money in my bank account or I'm good it started out in high school once the one yo in middle school once the seniors like my music and they and they and they fuck with what I'm doing. I'll be happy. That's all I need is just to prove to that that group of people. And then once you realize, you look back and you're like, that wasn't even my concern. Now it's like, if I can get the, the industry to fuck with me, then I'll then fuck everybody and I'll be happy and I'll I'll take my money and I'll run and I'll just be cool, chilling on the island. And then it's like, once the world fucks with me, and then once the world fucks with you, it's like, all right, once once I get ten number ones or thirty number ones, and you're constantly in this this like mode of the future and it kind of are you staring are you looking at something with gratefulness or are you staring with ungrateful eyes like do you have ungrateful eyes like yeah, everything never, you look never at enough. exactly exactly and that's where i think i think that the title is going to be is crazy i think a lot of people can relate to it once i graduate once i get a job once i get married once i have a kid once my kids are out the house once i retire once i and then you you're on your deathbed and you're like I fuck, I've just said once I my whole life, I never just stopped and was like, I'm very blessed to be in the situation that I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Very true. It's where the stars came.